Hey everyone, welcome to episode 17 of the Antler Up podcast. We have Bill Harvey on this week's show, and Bill is from New York and is an avid outdoorsman with who runs Pertnir Outdoors. And in this episode, we talk to Bill about who and what Pertnir Outdoors is all about, his 2019 whitetail season, and also his current turkey season, and much, much more. This was a, such a fun episode to record. I've had the opportunity to get to know Bill through social media, and I actually did a, an episode for his podcast. And anytime I get a chance to chat with Bill, we have such a good time, and I highly encourage you to go over, see what he and the rest of the guys over at Pertner Outdoors is all up to and all about. So Onyx is the number one hunting app that lets you know exactly where you stand. And this past Saturday was the first day of turkey here in Pennsylvania. And while Dimitri and I were on birds, we walked just shy of 11 miles. We tracked our distance by using the tracker tool in our Onyx Hunt app. When you pull up the app on the bottom right corner, tap that tracker and you'll be able to see the distance that you travel. This tool could be used for recovering, tracking an animal, or just like how we used it to see where we are and where we were going. This is just one small, awesome feature of the app. So go on to onyxmaps.com and download the number one hunting app. Big Sky Rent allows you to rent premium camping, fishing, and hunting gear at such an affordable price. It allows you to free up space in your garage or whatever closet, and it makes the most of your living space. So instead of spending thousands of dollars on that spotting scope that you use just one time during the year, head over to BigSkyRent.com and you could just rent it. You have the options to get it sent to your house or to where you're going. Once you're finished with it, you ship it back. That simple, that easy. Check out Big Sky has to offer on their website over at BigSkyRent.com and use code ANTLERUP10 to save some money. Are you looking for a new broadhead this upcoming season? Well, don't waste any more time searching or reading the forums to see uh, which flies better, mechanical or fixed, all that stuff. Go straight to severbroadheads.com and buy the best broadheads that fly straight, cut massive holes, and is a cost effective for you. Take it from us when we say these are the best heads that we have ever shot through our bows. Great group of people and a great product. So check out severbroadheads.com. Looking to deck out your bow with a great set of new custom strings? And if so, now's the time because you got to check out America's Best Bow Strings. Their Platinum Series strings are what I run on my Matthews VXR28 and love everything about them from the custom color to the performance. The technology and the quality of these strings are what stands out the most. The Platinum Series strings now come with a two-year warranty and the premium come with a one-year warranty, but regardless, they will still have the same unmatched quality and performance. So check them out over at americasbestbowstrings.com. And the other day here in Pennsylvania, we had like a glimpse of what summer, I guess, could be because it was in that low 70s already. Uh, and I busted out the new Ash Gray First Light Guide shorts. These shorts are probably the most comfortable shorts that I own uh, because of that four, four, that ultra durable four-way stretch nylon. Uh, and it also, it has that DWR uh, water uh, resistant material to fend off uh, water and also like brush uh, without that range of motion. So they're extremely comfortable. Uh, you can wear them out fishing, hiking, or even on, on the night on the town uh, with the misses. So check out these shorts over at firstlight.com. And again, everyone, thank you so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode with Bill. Uh, Mike and I had a good time talking it up with him. Before we get into it with Bill, 
We have Dimitri and I talking about our turkey hunt uh, on Saturday for a couple minutes, um, what we have going on for the rest of the week. Uh, so Dimitri kind of recaps that. Uh, and then we get into it with Bill. So thank you guys for the support. Check check us out over at antlerupoutdoors.com. Uh, make sure uh, give a give us a like on, on YouTube, on Instagram. Uh, and then make sure, please go ahead and review our podcast. We greatly appreciate it. It helps us out a lot. Uh, and don't forget, you know, shoot us a message if there's something else that you want to uh, have us cover or talk about. Uh, we're looking forward to, to doing some new and, and fun episodes uh, here in the future. So, again, thank you for listening. Till next time, Antler Up. Well, let's, uh, let's get into a little bit about your your hunt on Saturday because it was pretty eventful. And what's actually cool is we talk slightly about it on our on our upcoming podcast that we have with bill from partner outdoors uh but you know i wanted to have you share uh everything i just kind of said like how i was the the cameraman and how how much fun i had doing that it was just kind of really cool to kind of just sit back and try to get really good footage and or try to get good footage and just try to uh you know take it take it all in of that first turkey hunt of the year and first turkey hunt for me in a while so yeah, it was a pretty, pretty eventful day. I mean, we started out on Friday trying to root some birds. We, we did some previous scouting around this area to see and had a couple gobblers uh, coming in and, and feeding around this area. So we knew that they were there. So Friday night, we tried to put one to, bird, or put one to bed. That way we kind of had a game plan ready for Saturday morning just because we had a several different spots that they roost at and we kind of wanted to be prepared for that so friday night you and i went out and tried to roost some birds but it started raining probably about half hour before dark right when we thought that they would be goblins i think that kind of prevented them from gobbling on the roost friday night so um we decided to just kind of listen around the the core areas the first thing in the morning and that's what we did and and there was a gobble i mean it was probably a half hour before daylight um probably only a couple hundred yards away from us so we were in the perfect position yeah to set up on that bird and we got in and he was just hammering i mean every probably what five minutes he was just going off and Goblins, and we heard a couple in the a dip in gobbles, but not this gobbler was just yeah he was really going hot <laughs> yeah he was going hard yeah so we we snuck in and we got I bet you about a hundred yards from this uh, gobbler and we set up and we felt like we were in a good position um, once we set up I gave a call and he answered and I mean we were just waiting thinking that this is going to be money that morning i mean it couldn't have been a perfect morning it was already high 50 degrees sun was coming up no clouds in the sky had a gobbler just going off on the ridge i mean you couldn't ask for a better morning well and that's like you know for for us going out like you said like friday we we try to put some some birds that uh to bed in the roost and try to pick things out and like you said, we, we knew a general area. So we hit that and boom, that one that was going, I mean, for me, I mean, watching the excitement of getting us set up and starting to film. And like you said, we we're getting ready. And then, uh, 
uh, we, we heard what, two, three different birds. And we just kind of got on the one that was a lot closer to us. And, uh, uh, you know, first day and like you kind of predicted in our previous, uh, podcast of saying like you know all the pressure that we'll probably end up seeing just because of what covid allowing everybody to be off and uh we got set up we heard the bird coming in and uh then what (laughs) well we we knew there was another gobbler about two maybe 300 yards down the ridge further um i think he only gobbled a couple times that we heard and right when our gobbler that we were calling in gobbled the last time. I, I remember turning to you and saying, he's coming in. And he was coming in pretty quickly. And I think it was maybe five minutes later, we hear, bang. And then about 30 seconds later, bang. Must have been off that bird that was a couple hundred yards down the ridge. Someone was set up on him. And that was actually on private ground. And then after that, our bird just shut up. Um, I think it was maybe 15, 20 minutes later, I think we heard him gobble, but he was headed in the other direction yeah. a lot, so kind of messed up our, our initial game plan for the morning. Yeah, and that was like a, an interesting thing just because of hearing, what, I mean, like you said, private land, so we didn't, don't know who set up and that's theirs, and uh, and that our bird, I mean, it just was like a 180. I mean, like you said, he was hammering. He was like, he was coming. Uh, like what was cool for, for me to realize and see was just like, and the, and the here was the bird up in the roost. Cause you could tell the difference. And then like the first gobble that he had on the ground. Cause it was a, he was definitely, it was the same distance, but it was a different sound of like, it was cl- like uh lower. You could just tell. And then boom, the next, next one he was getting closer then he hammered again and he was definitely coming and i'm like behind the camera i'm like okay now it's time like for me it's go time try to pick out that little head and try to find that on camera um and then lo and behold was the two bangs and then i think we, then we heard what a shock cobble like you and i could both because like i said it to you and you're like i thought i heard that too yeah we heard that it was across across the road on the other side and, and that kind of was our next game plan if it did past an hour we were so um i thought the best thing was just to kind of get up and, and let these birds settle down and maybe come back later so we crossed the road and, and went down down to the next spot where we thought we heard that gobble and i mean we put on quite a bit of miles yeah um, down the ridge and then we kind of circled up on top of the ridge and kind of brought it back um and didn't hear anything. It was kind of a, a quiet from about seven to, to nine o'clock. But we really put some footwork in and and tried to get something going and just couldn't figure it out. But uh, I mean, again, it was probably 60, 65 degrees at that time. Sunshine. I mean, it was a beautiful morning. Just to appreciate the woods and, and get out there and enjoy being out there. We saw a couple of deer, um, which was pretty cool so we just kind of walked around and yeah. running and gunning and then what we decided to do is is come back to the area that we were hearing those gobbles first thing in the morning it was about nine thirty, and just see if maybe that some of those gobblers if they were with hens might have left them at that time so we we kind of did another loop along the ridges and was calling down into the ridges and um 
we were at one point I called and, and got an answer and I mean that that turkey was I mean he had to have been within fifty to seventy five yards when he gobbled and we knew he was right there so we didn't have much time to set up or just kinda one of those things where you just jump down to the first tree that you suit you to, to be concealed. Um, there was a, a bigger tree I wanted to get to that was maybe 15, 20 yards in front of me. Um, I thought I had a better view, but I just was afraid if I got to that peak of that, there was a little bit of a ridge that dropped to a little bench that he would be able to see me. So we stayed back a little bit, but he was answering our calls and we were set up on him and he kind of circled down and around and came across that bench and he had two, I think there was two jakes and a hen with a gobbler at the time that I could see there was definitely four birds down there and we were set up on them and they were coming in and within 20-25 yards I saw the two jakes popped up first up on the ridge and they kind of kind of worked across from us, yep. and I thought that the gobbler was going to do the same thing. I could see him about 60, 70 yards down on that bench, fanned out, but he was kind of wanted the hen to come to him. He was just kind of going back and forth, back and forth on that bench, and he never was just out of range the entire time, and I, I really thought we were going to get him at that point, but there was just something that hung him up, whether that hen didn't want to move through as well, or um, that she kind of went in a different direction to kind of left him. But he was there probably 20 minutes, just kind of fanning out and moving back and forth and, and you know, try to give some scratches on the leaves and, and some soft yelps to try to mimic a pen moving away. But he just didn't want to come in, and sometimes that's what that happens. I mean, he couldn't have asked for a better morning and had as many opportunities and close opportunities as you could get for, for not actually putting one on the ground. Yeah, no. And that was awesome. And that, that setup was, was really, really cool just because we could see them. Um, so it was like, if we were on them or like you said, we were within 60, 70 yards and then we saw the two Jake's come right a cutting across us like 25 yards, you know, max. Um, so that was really cool and got those on film. Uh, and then at the one point where was, I knew there was still something down there and I, I saw something moving. And when I finally, I don't think the camera picked it up. I have to like go back and look a little bit. Uh, but I'm like, man, that is that a stump or is that a fan like turkey all fanned up strutting? And then next to you note, I saw his fan, fan clothes. I was like, oh, sweet. Um, uh, so that was like a cool thing. And then you and I said, and I said, did you see that? And, uh, you know, you ended up crawling to that tree that you wanted to get to initially. Um, and then when we left that setup, the one thing that I, I'm glad that you did just because it probably would have eaten me alive if I was in your shoes, like holding holding the shotgun and trying to get after that turkey is like, man, like what I've had a shot. And, you know, you we walked back after it was already afternoon. Uh, so hunting was time was done. So we just walked down there and you took a look and, you know, like you said, it, it would have been a, a tough shot uh, if you would have even been in that in, in that tree position. Yeah, it would have been, uh, it was a lot thicker through there, especially yeah. where he was panning out than I originally thought. I mean, there might have been some small openings, but, you know, something you don't want to just wing a shot at a turkey. So, 
So it would have been tough, but I mean, for the first day, I mean, you can't complain too bad. No, no, that was that was a lot of fun, and like I said, I had, I had a really good time doing that, and uh, we'll be doing the same this weekend. So what are what kind of plans do you think we're we're gonna run into uh, on Saturday? Because you know you're back to work full time basically. So what's uh, now we'll be back to the weekend gun hunters and going hard on that. Uh, I think what we'll try to do is maybe in the same area if we can maybe try to put one to bed Friday night. If not, maybe actually get jump in the truck Friday night and there's a couple other spots that I've been kind of scouting out and have a good history with, with turkeys and, and maybe try to put roost one in a different area. Um, just try to hit different locations and, and keep moving. Uh, I don't like to sit in one spot. Mostly I kind of like to cover as much territory as I can and keep moving, especially during the midday, uh, just when maybe things are quiet. So I think that's what we're going to do this weekend and try to get on some more birds. Yeah, man, that's awesome. I'm excited. I'm pumped. Uh, we'll come up with a plan. And I know, uh, you know, looking at the weather, I think Thursday looks pretty decent. Uh, so I might try to get back out on Thursday. I was initially going to try to go like later today, uh, but the it's going to be a little bit cooler so i figured i'll wait till it's a little warmed up on thursday and uh try try my hand at that and just see how how it is and if not totally okay i'll wait till saturday so i don't want to muck the area up that was kind of my idea yesterday even i said it on the on the main podcast is just i don't only was able to hunt till a certain time just because of getting back to online for my work that i have to do and um i was just kind of waiting to, to listen to see if I heard anything coming off the roost and I told you as soon as I, I parked the car, boom, the first thing I heard was just coyotes just going to town. I mean, just, we were talking about the bird hammering, uh, on Saturday, these coyotes were just going hard, uh, just howling out there. It was pretty, I mean, it was, it was awesome to hear just cause it's nature and it's just, you know, it's alive and you know, it is what it is. But at the same time, you're like, ah, man, I, part of me was like, I doubt I'll hear a gobble today. And then, you know, I said that to you and you're like, yeah, you probably, probably played a factor i was like yeah probably <laughs> you know yeah well, that's what i've been even seeing a lot of people on social media in, in this area that's had success already a lot of them actually killed their bird around 11 o'clock and you know i know that's a good time just because they're leaving the hens are back sitting on their their nest and the gobblers are looking for another hen but I'm surprised of how many people are unable to kill them on the roost right now. So I don't know if it's weather or, you know, other factors playing into that, but it's kind of a common theme right now around this area. Yeah, no, I know we had, you know, Andrew Mills on from uh, uh, Honey Hole Game Calls, and he sent me a message yesterday about his bird that he got. It was late, and it was past 11 o'clock, too, as well. Um, you know, and some other, some other people that we know. So that's pretty cool that uh, – you know, it's the, the trend right now that's what's happening in our area. So that that was, again, like my thinking of wanting to try to get out a little bit later today, too, as well. Yep. You never know. You can't kill them unless you're out in the woods. Yep, exactly. We always say that you can't shoot a buck unless you're up in the stand or getting after them. So um, yep. awesome, man. Well, let's uh, – Let's go get into our main podcast episode. I wanted to, again, share that that weekend roundup of our turkey hunt. Uh, you know, I think uh, we learned a lot. I think we're going to make some little tiny adjustments of just getting after them. And I think, too, like how you were saying that on Saturday about setting up, you're like, man, 
you're, you're darn if you do and darn if you don't. If you get in there and you get a little bit closer, sometimes you spook them. And sometimes, you know, we, so we didn't get too aggressive with that setup that, that last time when we got on those birds. Um, so it's one of those things where maybe just that maybe extra five, seven yards or whatever we could try to push to and, you know, crawl a little bit. We could, we could try to do that even. Yep. Yep. Just got to get a little bit, maybe more aggressive, but like you said, it's hard to find that fine line. So, yep. so stay after it. Yep. Absolutely. All right, man. Well, I'll uh, be in touch with you here in a little bit and uh, we'll go from there. All right. Sounds good. All right. And let's take a quick break and thank our partners over at Cobra Archery. I've been getting uh, quite a few questions about what release I'm using, and that is actually the new Cobra Archery Harvester release. And actually, they just had a really big uh, giveaway with Lancaster Archery with that. Uh, PJ Riley over there, he I know is a big fan of this release. Uh, and one of the uh, components of what I love about it is just the complete adjustability of this uh, with the trigger system uh it has the uh adjustability to, to with the length the angle the rotation uh but you're able to securely set that right into position with just one screw uh it's built like a tank it's light it feels really comfortable in the hands uh so check this release out over at irondecoy.com Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Antler Up Podcast. We are on episode 17 and we have Bill Harvey from Pertnir Outdoors and we got Mike. Not only are they on the line, but they're also on the other end of my computer. So we're doing a live video chat, which is an awesome thing because I could finally see some of our guests. So Bill, welcome, man. Hey, Jeremy. Thanks for having me. Appreciate yeah, it. No problem. I know this has been a crazy, uh, we've been doing back and forth email exchange and it's been crazy on, on work and for both of us, but then you also got another crazy thing ready to, to pop coming up pretty soon. Yeah, literally. Yeah. We're, <laughs> my wife is due with our second child tomorrow yep. and, uh, we're thinking it's going to be late. Our first child was like, was a full week late, seven days late. So yeah. we're anticipating about the same for this one based on how she feels but we'll know tomorrow if when she goes to the doctor right exactly uh, how things are so yeah life's about to it's been crazy and it's gonna about to get even crazier <laughs> yeah dude well i you know so i'm gonna say uh today's what may 4th so may the 4th be with you on that one but i <laughs> i, I i'm gonna he totally went there yeah i did so let's uh i'm gonna say it was on a tee you had to hit it yeah, yeah i had, I had to. to hit that one let's, my wife's bummed because she was hoping to drink margaritas tomorrow but that's not gonna happen <laughs> that's not gonna happen no. i i'm gonna say the uh the 8th i'm gonna say may 8th <laughs> sounds good yeah or, or like so. eight yeah. eight's a good number yeah. eight or ten yeah there you go um so i was actually talking to mike beforehand and i said to him uh you know before we get into who you are to our audience and everything like that i i just want to kind of you know because we love to chat you and i and just cover ground a little <laughs> bit when we chat you said you weren't going to be able to do total archery challenge but now with baby you know two coming you might be able to slide in there well, that's, yeah. I mean, that was the primary reason why I wasn't going and none of our guys, you know, pretty much if I didn't put it together, nobody's going. That's right. kind of how the way our group of guys works. Like, yeah. oh, Billy's not going. Well, I guess we're not going <laughs> to, not going to do that this year. Right. So I don't know. Have you guys heard anything? Have they set a date on when that's yeah. going to be? Or? So it is actually, well, so here's the deal for us. It is actually, what is it? August 20, what is it's it? Like? The, yeah, it's like the what was it the 20th to the 23rd, I believe. Okay. Yeah. Those are the set dates. Yeah. The 20th to the 23rd. So like for us, Bill, 
Dimitri and I, we are, we, that's like smack dab coming back from the tail end of our Utah trip. So mm. I am like, I haven't made a decision because I was planning on going Friday through Sunday and Dimitri was just going to come up on a Saturday just to shoot. So now I'm like, I'm kind of playing the, the wait and see game. Like if I definitely pull that mule deer tag, like, I, I mean, I'm pretty much going. So it's just yeah. going to be like, hey, I, I just don't see how three people are going to tag out. You know what I mean? So right. I might just have to bite the bullet and say, hey, I probably won't be there. But Mike's going to definitely be there. So Mike will be holding everything down for us for Antler Up. <laughs> so <laughs> are you are you trying to auction your tag tag to me? Is that what you're doing right yeah, now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, I, I would just expect a friends and family discount yeah. on that one. <laughs> But yeah, man, we, uh, so I definitely want to go. I know yeah. they posted that on Instagram and I messaged back, you know, asking if you weren't able to get tickets for the first, if you'd be able to try to get in for the second date and they didn't respond directly right. to mine, but yeah, I'm, I mean, I don't know what, what that process would be because they are the really cool thing they are doing is, uh, like Dimitri, basically <laughs> they're giving you options. Um, uh, if so, like if, if I, like when I say, Hey, I can't make it, I have like four options. I could get, uh, like the whole swag package, like a hat, a shirt, a hoodie, something else. But then I also get first dibs of, um, like even before the early bird people like do. next year. Yeah. But like when, when you think about it though, how many other people are going to say like, Oh, I can't go. And they're going to be doing the early bird special anyway. Right. So it, end, it right. ends up not being that, that big of a deal, but, um, but it's a cool thing that at least they're doing that and you have the opportunity to pick. So yeah, it'll be playing from playing it by ear for, for Mayan on as far as total archery challenge goes. Yeah. And, and I guess just the last thing on that, if you hear any more about if like, I haven't seen anything about purchasing tickets or if they have knock times open, I'd be interested. I don't know what things are going to look like by the time we get there. I think yeah. like my work's probably going to get insane once we actually get back to work. It's so I'm expecting July and August to be chaos, but yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I keep me in the loop. If you yeah. hear something, I'd definitely, I definitely be interested. Will. Cause I want to reach out back to them anyway and just say, Hey, we're still committed to sponsoring. You know, all our partners are still committed to, to, you know, for us to give out some, some giveaways and all that type of stuff. So that'll be really cool. Yeah. Um, but awesome, man. Well, I just wanted to kind of break the ice of the intro of, of that. Well, uh, well, you know, one, you know, thank you for, again, for allowing me to come on your podcast before it was awesome. Got really good feedback from that, from, uh, not only from, uh, like my friends and family, but some just random guests that, you know, even reached out to me, Jim reached out to me, Jimbo and, yeah. um, no, Jimbo, yeah, I was man. texting with Jim today. Yeah. So I was, was like, I, yeah, you got a, <laughs> it was like, you got a shout out on the Antler Up podcast. He's yeah. Like, yeah, man. I helped him out with some bow stuff. So. Yeah. 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 No, he's, he's a really good dude. And, um, uh, we're going to have him come on just because of us hunting kind of growing up the same area and hunting that same stuff back at home. We're going to do kind of like, a, you know, the big topic is scouting big mountain bucks. So we're yeah, going nice. to, yeah, we're going to just talk a little bit about that stuff and bow stuff gear because that's what we love. So, um, all right, well, let's get you introduced to the antler up side of things. And uh, so, Bill, tell us who you are, where you're coming from and, you know, what what's going on with you, man? Yeah. So my name is Billy Harvey. I'm uh, one of the guys from Pertnier Outdoors. Um, we're located out of Western New York, um, Buffalo primarily, but 
uh, my roots are from the Rochester Finger Lakes area. So that's where I was born and raised. And I moved out here to Buffalo and found a girl and the rest is history with that. So <laughs> I live out here, um, just about 40 minutes outside of Buffalo, um, out in the, out in the country in Wyoming County. So it's a pretty cool area the town. I live in, we have, uh, we have more actually the County, we have more cows than people. So it kind of gives you an idea of, you know, what our area looks like a lot of farmland, um, not a lot of people. So it's a, it's a good place to be, especially right now with all the craziness going on in the world. But yeah. we, uh, so with us, with Pertinier Outdoors, you know, our, our big focus is I think a lot. And I think that's why you and I hit it off. You know, we're, we're just sharing our passion and our interest in the outdoors, everything outdoors. Yep. And, um, you know, family is a huge thing to us. Um, just getting out there and having fun and encouraging people to get into the outdoors, um, and just get out there and experience it. It doesn't matter how big that buck is you shot or what your experience was like just getting out there. And, you know, I think that's one of the things that you and I have found immediate uh, relation on is that just we're very passionate people and, I'm sure Mike, you know, I'm sure we've got a lot in common with that too, knowing how you hit it off with Jeremy and, you know, we just, we love what we do. And we started a podcast back in, uh, end of August before we went on our trip out, uh, for elk and mule deer to Colorado last year and kind of catapulted our podcast. And, um, we're about, well, we're 39 episodes in, but we've also done some other, you know, if you wanted to count them, we're a little bit over 40 episodes, but it's been a fun ride and it's definitely, uh, it's exciting to, you know, meet people and kind of grow the audience and just learn. I think learning is one of the biggest things each, each episode I take something away from. So yeah, 100%. That's something that on our side of things that, I mean, I'm constantly like, I had a message the other day where a guy was like, Hey man, I'm catching up on some of your, your, uh, your, your podcast, like really good stuff. Watched your video and you know, cool, cool things. And I'm like, Hey man, just stick with it. Cause the first one suck, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. you know, the, the, the audio isn't that great and we're, we got better. So just stick with it. I appreciate it and all that stuff. It's just, uh, you know, it's also one of those things where like you and I talked on, on your podcast where we just have this passion and love and drive and with our core group of friends and have to, for me now, I'm like, if that's who all it kind of, listens to it that's icing on the cake and if more people are like that and i kind of could relate to it that's where then that's the cherry on top you know yeah. like so it's it's fascinating once because we've had our instagram page for and we don't have that many i think you have more followers than we do but you know we we started in 2018 in the fall of 2018 with hunting season and uh some just the people that we've connected with have like we've become we've become friends right. and I've run into some of these guys, uh, actually at events. I, I was at a, for example, I was at a BHA event and, uh, up in Syracuse, New York and ran into a several listeners of the podcast that I've never met that I had, you know, messaged back and forth with and exchanged, you know, correspondence, but never physically met them. Yep. And it was like, you meet them and, and you, you understand, it's like a really odd thing because we're just sitting here having this chat but that we put it out there to other people and then they hear that and you're making an impact on their day and their approach and their success. And it's like, Holy shit. Like <laughs> yeah. we're actually like, we're doing something here. You know, yeah. you may not be hitting, you're not, you're not hitting Joe Rogan numbers, but it, yeah. obviously, but it's like, you're making an impact, even if it's on that smaller group of people. And, you know, you made the point too, that I think is, is really cool that I'm seeing, you know, I had you on, and I see this with a lot of the guests we have on is that then 
people that follow us start following you and then they're interacting with your stuff. And it's like, it just, if I, it feels good because it's like we're creating that community and that's ultimately what we're trying to do. You know, it's 100%. And that's where, that's the, the thing that I love most about it. You know what I mean? Like you look at Mike, who's brand, you know, I mean, new to hunting is love and passion for is just oozes out of them. Um, then you have individuals that have been hunting their whole lives that could kind of relate to just because, and the thing like you just said before, like your introduction about Pertinier Outdoors, where it doesn't matter what size buck that someone's shooting. It's just, you're there enjoying the outdoors. You know, for me yeah. I, on Saturday, you know, we're both in, in two States where we Turkey season just started for us. And man, like, for me getting out Saturday, I didn't have a, have a shotgun. I didn't have a bow. I had my camera because I was filming Dimitri. Cause it's just kind of, I wanted to get footage for our channel and just some, something where I just wanted to soak it in a little bit. And I'm like, man, this is, this is awesome. It's just, and I, I got, I didn't get any, any thrill out of it. Like we heard the gobble. Like I was like, oh mm-hmm. man, that's really cool. Like my heart was kind of it was like excitement, but it wasn't like the same thing as buck, like as oh, yeah. just even deer yeah. as doe, like by any means for me. And I was like, I, I wanted to see, cause you know, you hear people are like, dude, I love Turkey. And I'm like, good, you know, and, and, which is awesome. But like, I didn't get that. And I went out this morning. Um, like I woke up at like four twenty, like five got out of bed and quick ran up to like where we saw like our last bird on Saturday a little bit. And, I kind of hung out there just because I knew I could only hunt till about uh, like nine just because I had to get back on for class zooms and stuff like that. And I'm like, I don't want to muck the area up too bad. So I just kind of called here and there. And actually when I like quietly shut the door, all I heard was just coyotes just howling. I'm like, really? uh, yeah. So I'm like, well, that's probably going to throw a damper and some birds like gobbling right at first light. And I didn't hear a peep. And then uh, I took like a small walk. I kicked up a grouse, which was kind of cool. And then I just heard it go, you know, drumming off. And then uh, next thing you know, it I was just like, I looked at the my clock. It was like eight forty-five. I'm like, let me just get out of here, go home, just get ready. Um, but like, I don't know. It was just kind of like more of just getting outside to to me today. Like if I would have oh, yeah. had a turkey, I'm sure shit would have gotten fun, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But like at the same time, I was just like, it's just it's good to get outdoors and, uh, and for me to, like we said the other day, just to have a meaningful hunt. So, yeah. Yeah. Turkey, turkey season's funny because it, it's either, and you and I were texting about it. They're either on or they're off and I don't have the patience to sit there and wait for them all day, you know, until noon to figure out whether they want to interact with you or not, you know? So it's like, the best part of the day is being out there an hour before the sun comes up and, and you it. listen to the woods wake up. And yep. I don't care whether it's a sunny day, it's colder than hell, or it's just a perfect, you know, 50 degree morning without a cloud in the sky. It's like, there's nothing like being out there that early before, you know, like yesterday morning, I'm sitting on the ground and, you know, it's a gorgeous morning, the sun's rising. And I, you know, I got two deer come feeding across in front of me at, you know, 80 yards. And it like, my, you know, we talk about like deer, like that was exciting to me. Cause I'm like, Oh, I know what trail they're on. And I've never, <laughs> I've never sat here before at this time. And like, you're seeing where the deal are, deer are traveling. Like what's the wind doing? So like your mind, your minds yeah. are just thinking whitetail. Yeah. You're programmed, right? I mean, yeah. just based on, you know, even though it's not whitetail, you know, it's not, uh, that's just what you're programmed to do. And like I text Jeremy, uh, on Saturday, I went out Saturday was my first ever Turkey hunt. And 
I was telling him just to be out in the woods, you know, I mean, I wasn't expecting much, you know, I had my, uh, I had my father with me and, uh, yeah, it was, it was good just to be out there, you know, uh, different, you know, different time, you know, I wasn't used to all the bugs flying around either, you know, no. but, uh, you don't get that so much in the whitetail season, but no. yeah, it was, it was good. That's awesome. And that's, I mean, now for you, I mean, we're talking Turkey, we're kind of, I mean, I only had like a couple of things uh, jotted down because I knew our conversation would just go. Um, you know, you guys over at Pertnier are doing something really, really cool with the 2020 challenge. You know, talk about that, Bill, because I think like you were saying, you were at the BHA event earlier this past, you know, a couple of weeks ago. Um, you and I even text back and forth with that a little bit. And, uh, you know, then you, I saw, you know, I even shared it on our Facebook page and everything like that, that Turkey challenge. I think that's such a, a cool thing. And I love that the involvement that you are, are doing with that. Yeah. So, um, I guess kind of the, the origin of that was we, my brother, uh, and everybody that interacts with backcountry hunters and anglers, they had a calling contest, a virtual calling contest. And my brother was one of the competitors here in New York. And so we were posting about it on our, uh, Instagram and Facebook pages. And we had several people messaging us saying, Oh, you guys should do a contest. You do a contest, a calling contest. And I got talking to my brother and I'm like, you know, I'm like, what should we do? Like, should we do a calling contest? And Jimmy's like, well, why don't we do a, like actually do a Turkey, like an actual contest for, you know, measuring a Turkey with spurs, beard and something else. So, you know, big thing with us is we we're very passionate about giving back. And that's one of the big things with us. And I didn't really get into much of like why we call ourselves Pertinier Outdoors. Yeah, we'll get and, into that. <laughs> yeah. So like big thing for us is that we want to get, we just want to give back. We're very passionate about, you know, any of these conservation organizations, whether it be, um, NWTF, we're talking turkeys, uh, or backcountry hunters and anglers, Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, that on and on and on. So yeah. what we were like, let's do something to give back and just engage people and have some fun with it. So we came up with this turkey challenge and it was just a simple, we did it on Facebook, a $15 entry a donation would get you an entry into the contest and we got a few sponsors uh to help us out with prizes um whitetail company which is an apparel brand here out of western new york um hunting western new york another company uh that does like a whitetail contest and some whitetail stuff and uh a couple other things too so we got some prizes thrown in and uh and we set a goal of a thousand dollars and in just under two weeks we raised uh just under $1,200. It was, um, I forgot to count one of the donations. So it was a little under $1,200 and we were fired up about that. And like in such a short period of time, we got a bunch of people on board and, you know, we got people shooting birds and we're sharing pictures and having fun with it. So that's exactly what we're trying to do here is have fun and give back. And for our first time out at it, we're pretty damn proud of, you know, what we, what we put forth. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's just amazing. Like you said, just giving back, getting involved with, with the community of, of just hunters and, and, you know, you could have anybody partake, partake in that. And then it's going to a good cause. A couple of weeks ago, when all this crazy COVID stuff started happening, like you and your buddies and everybody part of Pertinier Outdoors all got on and started doing like live video, just like hanging out and like kind of that group stuff. And like I hopped on out like for one of your first ones just to chill out and like ha- have a drink with you guys. And um, yeah, it's just something that, like you said, it's just getting the involvement and just putting yourself out there that's really unique um, and just different right now. You know, you're not taking yourself, I don't want to say you, cause you are taking yourself serious. It's just, you're not, um, you're doing it for the right reasons and you could tell. No, I appreciate that. Yeah, man. And it's what we're trying to do. And it's cool. Like I'm connecting with people that with guys that I have, haven't talked to in years yeah. that 
you know, like you and I are both former baseball players and like guys I played baseball with that I haven't talked to since college. Yeah. And all of a sudden it's like, Hey man, you want to get on my podcast to talk about trout fishing? It's like, yeah. <laughs> and the next thing you know, we're like drinking bottles of whiskey and like all sauced up and telling jokes. And it's like, my God, I miss you, man. Like, yeah. it's yeah. like, that's exactly what we're, you know, we're trying to take ourselves too seriously. Hence the pertinier where, you know, it would all started out. We're like, we're pertinier pro staff. We're almost pro staff. We're, you know, we, we pertinier shot the big buck, you know, like we just have fun with it and don't get us wrong. Like we want to be shooting big bucks. We want to be shooting big things and have a lot of success, but just trying to keep it lighthearted and have some fun with it. So absolutely, man. Well, you know, dive a little bit deeper about like who's involved and like, like where the origin story started. Cause I, I mean, I, I know just from listening to your podcast, but for those that haven't, and, you know, hopefully from listening to this, you'll jump over and, and give you guys that, that listen and, and like, and all that type of stuff. But, you know, give, uh, you know, give us the rundown, dude. Yeah. So it all, it all kind of started back in fall of 2018 as myself and my good, good friend. Um, I always call everybody my best friend. So I'll call my best friend, Dan Zaylor. Um, he's one of my hunting buddies. We, we've gone out West a couple of times together and hunt here locally. Um, so we, him and I, and my brother, uh, we, we were getting ready to go on our annual family bear hunt to the Adirondacks and, uh, we were driving down the road and talking. I, it was just Danny and I chatting. We're like, Hey, we should start a social media page where we can just put all of our outdoor stuff. So we're not bombarding our personal accounts with all the stuff that, you know, people don't want to see that aren't interested in that stuff. So we literally on that 10 minute conversation just came up with like, what should we call it? Well, we'll call it pertinier outdoors. Like, okay. <laughs> so we create this account and we go on our bear hunt and that's how it all got started. And, you know, we didn't know what we really wanted to do. We just wanted to have a, have a social media page and, you know, it's kind of evolved into what it is now with, you know, we've starting to get a website up. And, um, so we've got that pertinierouddoors.com now. Um, we've got some apparel stuff on order, but we're, we're all super busy with everything, like being, yeah. being family, you know, whether it be fathers or just man in the household, full-time jobs, stuff like that. So we're, you know, we're trying to balance all that as well as, you know, share our, our life and what we're doing. But so we, we've done that. We started the podcast, but we've, you know, I guess it all kind of origins back to 2018 and, um, and it's just a, it's a, it's a group of friends. So, you know, when we do our podcast, a lot of times, you know, I would encourage everybody, if you're going to go check out our show, um, I, I should have the episode number in front of me, but it's, uh, there was an episode called uh, time for a log talk reboot. And that kind of like starts you right at square one and explains everything about who we are and a lot of our inside jokes that you might hear us talking about and things like that. Because if you just jump in, in the middle of the stream, you know, you're trying you're to figure feeding out, them. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what in the hell are they talking about? So yeah, I definitely encourage anybody who's, you know, listening to this that wants to check us out to check out that, uh, that episode. I, I think it's in the, it's in the late twenties, maybe. Um, it's a, it's a good one. It's entertaining. So it'd be myself, uh, my brother, Jimmy and, uh, Danny. So we're the, the three compadres. And then we've got all of our buddies that we hunt with that kind of help us with some content if they've shoot something or if they have a story or whatever. And, um, my dad, my dad has our Instagram login on his phone and every once in a while we'll drop in with something totally unprovoked, which is pretty entertaining, but yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of the rundown. I don't know if that answered your question. Yeah, man. There. Well, I mean, cause like when you, and that's a th again, like going back to like why we hit it off right from the like get go is because of, you know, obviously our, 
our stories of, of playing baseball and kind of our, our personalities are the same, but our, our brands are, are kind of also similar um, just because we have that same philosophy, but then it's that group of, of just good people, good friends, family that are just involved because of our passion for it. It's no, you know what I mean? There's nothing else to it. Like I'm not, I don't know, like, like you said, we want to shoot, we want to get the content, we want to have fun. We want to put out great podcasts and just because that's what we want to do. We don't want to half ass it, but, um, at the same time while we're doing it we're having a ton of fun like i had one of my really good friends uh who i used to you know we used to hang out all the friggin time we just texted back and forth just the other day like how's it going like good like he never grew like he didn't he wasn't a hunter growing up but he's like hey man i, I really like what you're doing because he like he does freelance stuff but he also now he's working for like some does edit videos and all that type of stuff like he's pretty pretty well diverse in that type of uh, field but he's like man i really like what you're doing like that's pretty awesome stuff i'm like thanks man i'm like it's a lot of work <laughs> you know and it's yeah. just you know like you were saying about being father and husband and you know man at a household and full-time jobs it's I, it's a lot man and uh that's why i have a lot of respect for you just because of you know you got baby two coming you know so it's just uh you know you're out every morning running and doing all that type of stuff and yeah. uh, so i think you know you're it's it's something where you're very relatable uh and i have respect for that and i i think that's that's why you know we could hit it off and shoot the shit and have fun with with everything man yeah thank you yeah, yeah man. I, I think there there needs to be i think there's a place for people like like us on this call right now that you know it's we're real people you know we've got real things to do and real things <laughs> to worry about but you know everybody can relate to you know your kid uh your kid crap in his pants and you got to go change his diaper. And yeah. you know, it's the wife is mad because you're in your basement again, talking to the guys about your hunting. Like yeah. everybody can relate to that. So yeah. it's like, yep. It, yep. it's relatable. It's it resonates. So. Yeah, man. Well, Hey, I want to, cause I, I liked, I love this story. Um, you know, we talked about, uh, a little bit of turkey season and I, we'll, we'll get into like your first two days or first day on Saturday. Um, but I want to talk about your, that big day this past season, uh, for your whitetail season. Um, ah, yeah. 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 Cause I, <laughs> I'm sure you love telling the story one. And then, uh, uh, two, I, I wanted Mike to hear it and, uh, kind of probably probably some questions too from it and, and, uh, just talk about that, man. Yeah. So I, I don't want to be coy, but you're talking about the, when I shot my buck in the two does, is what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. Right? That's the one I'm talking <laughs> that's, about. That's the story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had a, I had a, I had a pretty good season. It was, uh, so yeah. So I guess we'll, we'll just go right to that day. So this was the Friday after Thanksgiving and, uh, it'd been kind of a slow season. I didn't have any opportunities at all during archery. Um, and even the first week of gun, cause Thanksgiving was a full week after our opener here in New York. So I had a lot of time to hunt, uh, prior to Thanksgiving and I just was not seeing quality bucks. And that was one of my big things this year is I really wanted to each year. And it's funny. I, I look at the deer I've shot over the last, and I really been super serious about hunting since I got out of college and each year I'm just stepping up with getting a little bit better and a little bit better. And I, you know, I want to shoot mature bucks. So I hadn't had an opportunity. And so this was the Friday after Thanksgiving and, you know, my wife's working. So I got, I'm taking care of my son and we head back. I live an hour from my parents. So I head back to Rochester and, uh, drop my son off. No clue what I'm going to do that evening. I have no plans. I haven't scouted, have no Intel on any deer over at my, my buddy's got a nice farm that he lets me hunt. And, uh, so 
I pretty much just went in blind. I'm like, I'm like, okay, I drove down the block. I look, I see uh, where they're harvesting corn, where there's still corn standing, um, kind of talk to them. They do a lot of deer drives. So they've been out for the last week and kind of seen what's going on. And uh, so I, this year I was using a running gun setup. So I had my, I was running the, the tethered uh, saddle. So the Mantis saddle, uh, I was running that and I had my, my sticks and my platform and I just, parked my truck at the end of the laneway. I figured out one of the fields I knew was still had some corn standing and it was a North wind. So I just in talking with, with my buddy, Mike and Greg and knowing what they'd seen, I'm like, all right, I'm, that's a North wind. I got bedding here. I got food here and everything that's open field behind me. I know I don't have anything that's going to be coming that way. So I'm going to tuck in this corner of the woods here. Typically we do just do deer drives in this area, but I'm going to sit here for the evening. So I picked this little tree. I mean, this tree wasn't I mean, it was as big around as my thigh. Um, a couple of little, like a three trunk little tree. That's the beauty of the saddle is that you can, those are perfect trees for a saddle. So I set up in this tree and it's probably like two, two thirty, right around there. And, uh, right about three o'clock, I hear there's some, some, a drainage ditch to my left and some cattails. Um, and I don't know what that other, there's like an invasive species. That's like super tall. I don't know what the hell the name of it is, but it's everywhere up here. And, uh, so that's like 12, 12, 15 foot high cattails in this, this invasive bush. And I just hear everything like rustling around and, and whatnot coming from in that area. So I'm watching and watching and I see a couple does come out. So this doe comes out and the second doe comes out and they're just feeding it. It's like three o'clock, three fifteen, And in my head, I'm like, you know, I really want to shoot something. <laughs> I'm like, I- I'll shoot anything decent doe wise i don't really care my buddy uh on the farm they have tons of nuisance permits so he's like you know take these if you shoot you know get opportunities that does take them so i get doe number one comes down and she's coming right down the hedgerow right to me and she's starting to get to the point where she's getting too close and i'm using a i was using my rifle seven mag so it's a big gun and you know you don't want those deer too much closer than uh too close when you're shooting them with that because you might have a little bit of damage so i uh I opted for a headshot and I shot her at 40 yards and dropped her in her tracks. And I didn't realize that the second doe was right behind her. Cause I was so focused on her. The second doe she'd stopped in her tracks and ran right back to the cattails and then realized that she was hungry for corn and took off running across the goldenrod field to get to the corn. <laughs> and I, I, at a dead run, I hit her right behind the shoulder and she piled up right on the edge of the cornfield. And it's like, it's like, 315 330 somewhere around there i'm like i still got an hour and a half of daylight left like money (laughs) i'm like i got two deer on the ground already yeah so i'm sitting there and as the uh you know as it starts getting to be like prime time four o'clock whatever there's start there's deer just piling just milling around all over the place and i'm watching this so this cornfield that's out in front of me that I'm looking over to the north and the wind's blowing out of the north. This cornfield was real bad. They didn't have a good growing season um, up here. It was a real late wet spring. So this corn was only like, like knee high on us was not tall. And I didn't really know how tall it was until you started seeing deer moving around in there. And uh, it was, had, it was like four thirty somewhere right around there. It was getting to be towards last light, um, last shooting light. And I just, I'm looking to my right and I'm, there's a bunch of deer coming out of this bedding out into the corn and I panned to my left and out of nowhere, like I was just looking over there. I panned to my left. I don't know whether he was bedded in the corn or if he came and just made a lot of ground real quick, but 
I look up and I just, it just see this body and you're seeing all the other deer. And I'm like, Whoa, that's like, that's a big deer. So I grabbed my gun. I already had my gun. Cause there was other deer out. And I just, I sunk down in the saddle. I had this, this limb right across in front of me. It was perfect. And the, the does were kind of like behind me. This buck was like straight out in front. So I had this, I sunk down in the saddle and I'm resting on this tree limb and I was, my heart was racing. Cause as soon as I pulled the scope up, I just saw beam and I was like, Oh shit, that's a good one. It was like, no, no contemplating. Am I shooting at this deer? Like this is a buck I want. And first shot I shot and he jumped straight in the air and I, I was low. I don't know if, you know, I was so excited happened so fast. I don't know if I was aiming low. Um, he was right around 200 yards on my first shot. And so he, he jumped straight in the air and I rack around and he's coming like quartering now and he's making ground, but he runs like 30 yards. And I don't know whether I hit him or not. It was just an odd, you know, you're trying to figure it all out in the moment. And he stopped and he was looking straight my way. And I just, I aimed a little bit higher and I put it right behind the shoulder and I shot and he, you know, that classic, you know, digging, just, he just starts like he, you know, he was hit and he's just digging, just running as hard as he can. And, and then he stopped and I'm, he's looking around and I'm like, what the shit? I'm like, did I miss him or did I hit him? And at this point, dude, there's deer popped up all over the place. They're like, bink, 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 yeah. bink, bink. And I'm like, Oh my God. I'm like, which one's him? And he's about <laughs> to get to the point where he's behind this great big, just massive old Oak tree right out in the middle of this cornfield. And he's just about to make it behind that, behind that tree. And he stops and I put it on him again and I shot and it disappeared. I had no idea. And my brother was hunting across the road and he texts me and he's like, what the hell is going on down there? I'm like, I don't know, man. I think I just shot a big buck. I'm fired up. You know, he's just, like, right, just ripping shots out. Yeah. I was like, all right. I was like, I'm pretty confident that second shot I hammered him, but then every, all hell broke loose and I don't know. So long story short, we go back to the farm. We let everything kind of settle down a little bit. We, we grab my buddy's gator. Um, we go when we get both the does, we put them in one spot and then we head out and my dad was going to come out and meet us to help try to look for this buck and you know this is a standing cornfield and i've had this happen before at this guy's farm and i lost the buck it was it was the biggest buck i've ever hit and he was fatally hit but he 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 bedded down in the cornfield while they were harvesting it and the combine driver came up to the buck and he was the buck would not move but he was still alive and this was maybe like an hour after i shot him and the combine driver actually nudged him with the, with the tines of the combine and he got up and took off and we, and then he cut the whole cornfield. We lost blood. We searched for two days straight after that and never found him. So like this stuff's all going through my head, like not again, like, Oh my God. So we, my brother and I get out there and we're just like trying to figure out like, where was this deer standing? So we got on a couple of game trails in the, in the corn. And we just started walking them separate. And uh, my brother spot stops and finds a spot of hair. It was white belly hair. And it must have been my first shot. I, I skimmed right underneath his belly. And, uh, and that's why he jumped straight in the air. So my brother stayed on that trail and I stayed on another one. And sure as shit, you know, 40, 50 yards ahead, uh, Jimmy, my brother, finds a couple of drops of blood. And he looks up ahead with his big spotlight and he's like, Hey, there's a big area that's matted down up here. And he goes up to that spot and 
he's like, here he is. He's like here. And I'm, I was, we were both thrilled and we're hugging in the field. And like, I, I had no idea it all happened so fast. I really didn't know how good of a buck it was. I just know what his beam and his body was. And, uh, and I get up there and I was just, I was fired up. He was, he's a beautiful eight point. He had a couple broken tines, um, but he was 18 inches wide. Uh, you know, good mass on him, like my best buck for sure. So I was, I was pretty fired up, like just the way that all went down and to shoot three deer and in a, in a sit out of the saddle you know it was just like this is this is freaking awesome yeah (laughs) that's a season for most people yeah then then the next day i shot another another doe on a it was like my buddy laughed at me because i mean you're this is farmland i mean there's deer everywhere and and uh we're doing deer drives the next morning and i'm designated pusher because i shot three deer the day before and uh and I, I, on the second drive of the day, I shoot a doe bedded in the beginning. I'm one of the drivers. I, I snuck up on her and I like, well, screw this drive. I'm like, I'm going to shoot this doe. <laughs> so I freaking, I drop down in this gully and I come up the other side and it's like, you know, it's, there's no snow on the ground. It's loud and crunchy. And I shot her with my 870, uh, hammered her she jumped up and ran 10 yards and flopped over i'm like this is freaking easy i'm like four deer four deer in under 24 hours I'm like this is this is easy but. that's unbelievable well man that I, was it was a great year man yeah that's awesome and i i think too like like the success that you had and just like with pertinier outdoors i think it just means a lot too uh, yeah. like you know what i mean it's just like it's one of those scenes where it's like awesome you know like yeah. just the grand scheme of things like i think back to you know, the past couple of years, like the struggle, the struggles that I was having and, you know, all of a sudden, like, I just worked so hard personally, uh, to get better at, as a archer, as just as a hunter in general, and just kind of soak up as much as I possibly can to just get a little bit better. Um, you know, it's just something that, you know, I tell my players, I'm like, well, just from, from each practice, like what's something we could just soak in and get something just that little bit better, that ounce. And, uh, so I was trying to, kind of take my own wisdom for that and uh you know for dimitri struck first and then he boom he he got his dough and then it was like okay he's on the board and you know the rut kicks in and i smacked that that buck and then you know mike gets it gets a doe his first ever white tail you know in two seasons hunting and then the first day of rifle uh for doe i i cracked my doe with you know with with my 257 that personal rifle that i purchased other than like a hand-me-down from my dad so it was just like man it was like man, I should have started antler up like 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, yeah, cause it's, it's like, it motivates you to get out there. But yeah. I, I think your point, like I've progressively. So when I first started hunting, I've always been a hunter, but I was never super serious about it. But right. I shot a few deer when I was young, like 14, 15, 16, shoot a few deer. And then it's like, okay, I want to shoot 140 inch buck. Cause that's what I see on TV. Yeah. And I think this is something that doesn't get talked about enough is that you have to learn how to be a killer. Yep. Like there's nothing there's, you have to learn. And like Mike, you, you know, say you're new yeah. into it. Like you've got to learn how to shoot deer. Like you might go out next year and the first deer you shoot next year might be the biggest buck any of us have ever shot, but that just might be how it falls. But it's yeah. like, I've, I've messed up in the last six years. I've messed up more shots on good bucks the best bucks of my life i've missed but it's because i didn't have enough practice you know and like you relate it to baseball if like if you're a pitcher if you don't if you don't pitch you just go out there on game day and try to throw like you're not going to be good right so it's like you have to like this year 
all those deer that I harvested, it makes me that much more confident that when I do get that opportunity with that buck in front of me, I know what to do. I know how to re-rack my gun. I know how to aim my bow and make sure I'm looking through my peep sight. Like I've messed up those shots, but practice makes perfect. And you know, and your freezer's full at the yeah. end of the day. So. <laughs> well, I mean, I, man, dude, you just hit the nail on the head for like, speaking of like missing bucks. I mean, there was, I want to say five years ago, uh, I had, you know, we talked about it. I had that little PSE stinger X like bow that I had for a while. And I'm, I go back home and I just had a rinky dink like sight on it. And I see this buck, you know, I'm, I'm home. I'm back at home hunting the club for one of the two, three days that I go home for like during that time frame, And I just see two doe come like running past me. And I'm like, okay, let's see if something else comes and i like i slowly creep look behind me on the tree and i see them like looking the route that they came i'm like okay something's got to be coming and like lo and behold like 10 seconds later i look up and i just see boom white i'm like holy you know what i mean i'm just like that's the biggest bug i've ever seen and then next thing you know i'm like i'm like just shaking in the tree he takes like a step he doesn't do anything else he doesn't even like put his nose up in the air and this was actually like middle October ruts, not even prowl yet. And he starts working total to my left, like coming across and he's all in some thick stuff. I'm like, okay, I don't, you know, I don't even have a range finder, dude. <laughs> like, I'm like, yeah. okay, I think that looks 40 yards, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I'm like, I draw back. I'm like, I'm like, as soon as he gets behind that tree, like I'm going to put it right behind his shoulder. And I do, and I must have shot like right under him. Like, there he goes. I call my dad. I'm like, oh, son of a, you know what I mean? And I'm like, so I started practicing more. I'm like, I'm, first thing I did, I was like, I bought a range finder, you know? And then like the next year beholds, I got a doe. It was awesome. You know, I was like, okay, like you're saying, like you got to shoot deer. You got to be able to like, that's the one thing too. Like I, you hear, I countless of people say like, you got to just shoot deer. You know what I mean? And, uh, so the next year I I shot like a doe. Um, and then I shot a doe during rifle season. So I had two doe and I'm like, okay, this next year, this is going to be the year of the buck. I'm like, I just feel it. And I'm up at the club again, same tree stand, you know, the preset and all that stuff. Like it's just the club. And, uh, like we talked about it, it's private land. So just the area has holds good deer. And this buck comes like, uh, half rack comes in. I'm watching him just like go prancing around like another small buck comes in and a big buck comes and man, he's like right, like right underneath me, like mm-hmm. 10, I actually, it's probably about the same distance I shot my buck at this year. And he comes right underneath me. I'm on him. I'm like, I'm going through the process. Cause I'm, you know, I was, pra- I was practicing and, uh, I shot, I'm like, did I get him? And I saw him like hop, like, 10 to 15 yards and i'm like you gotta be kidding me you know what i mean i'm like i'm like i was like I, you know like the competitiveness and i'm just like i'm done i'm just like you gotta be shitting me like i'm done like i mm-hmm. i suck i don't want to ever wound an animal like luckily it was another clean miss my dad's like i could tell like he he was disappointed, you know, like one of those, like <laughs> my boy, yeah, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, learn anything? <laughs> yeah, you know, and I'm like, come on, man. Like I shot a doe. Like I just, I felt like, you know what I mean? But then it was like that buck fever just really was something different. I was like, crap. And then that's when then like, you know, the next year I, I just struggled. I didn't see for like anything, like nothing. And then boom, this past year again, like that whole off season, man, I've worked my, 
ass off. Like I really, really did. I'd practice in all types of scenarios. I, you know, I, I don't know. I just try to elevate it as best as I can mentally, physically, you know, all that type of stuff and just really engulfed in it. And, uh, um, you know, I, I don't know if it was luck or, or what, but I just kind of finally, I'm like, okay, went through the steps of my process and, you know, tilting at the waist and all kinds of stuff. And, you know, I yeah. think too, like total archery challenge really did help. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just, you know, I know 95% of those shots are not going to be actual hunting scenarios, but at the same time, like shooting at different angles and putting yourself in those positions. Like for me, I went up and shot with, you know, three mics that I had know to who, <laughs> who know them from who. So it's like, right. okay, I'm going to step up there and it's kind of the nerve wracking, you know? Yeah. That's the, that's the part that those archery events do for you is that it puts you in a discomfort, you know, an uncomfortable situation where you can go in your backyard and you can be the greatest archer of all time, but you put yourself in the spot where you're uncomfortable, whether it be around other people or you've got an animal in front of you that you want to kill. Like, it's a different feeling. Like it's yeah. not the same activity. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, sorry to cut you off there, no, Bill, but there's, there's, there's no doubt that 3d shoots, the archery challenge. I mean, they definitely make you a better shooter helps build that confidence now that you may not have when you're out in the woods, you know, and that that's one of the things that I take away from those for sure. I know Jeremy and I talk about that all the time, always going through the same progression, even on a 3D target as if you would, you know, if you were in the woods up in that tree stand or in the saddle, it's, it's the same process. You want to, yeah. you want to repeat it. hundred percent. And that, that's the, you know, you talk about those bucks, Jeremy, that you missed. Like I, the two that just eat away at me right now are the, the last two bucks I've, I missed with my bow and they were both shots under 10 yards, basically straight below me. And, you know, they both surprised me. I I wasn't expecting the deer where they showed up and one was in standing corn and all of a sudden he was there and, you know, you rushed the shot and then, and, you know, and then the second one was the deer was behind me. He was in, in water up to his knees in an area. We had a flood during the rut. It was like November 8th or 9th. Um, and this buck came the place that I did not expect him to come. And next thing you know, bam, he's standing right there, shooter, and you've got a window that's, you know, three feet wide that you make the shot or you don't. And I didn't make the shot. Yeah. And, you know, that's the the stuff that I've tried to learn from is, you know, we all want to get out in the backyard and practice at 50, 60 yards. But it's like you got to be able to make that shot at five yards and know what your bow does, because that's my mistake is that I'm aiming both of those shots. I miss low right underneath the arm. Yeah. Or right underneath the, the crease, you know, because I was aiming for the crease. I needed to aim a little bit lower um, or actually, sorry, I need to aim a little bit higher actually in the body. And I was trying to get too cute with it. You know, at that, at that range, it's like, put it right where you just aim in the center of that dead zone right behind the shoulder and just let her eat because it's like, you're not going to miss like it's that close. But if you try to get cute with it, you're going to, and that's where it comes back to practice and it comes back to confidence. Confidence actually is number one to me. Like if I, if I draw back on that deer and I'm like, I'm killing this thing. Like that's what the does that I've shot the last couple of years. I've just been like, you know, they've been close to I, I, the do- first doe I shot this year. She was, she was almost at the base of the ladder, you know? Yep. And it's just like, 
if you don't even think twice about it and you're that confident in your equipment and in yourself, like you can make that shot happen. So, dude, and that's what I love about it. Like just about hunting and archery and just even like this, just kind of talking about it just because I think back to, again, like I'll draw a lot to baseball and just coaching and everything like that is, you know, I always tell my, like our team is like, Hey, but go to bed tonight. Like I, I practice and say, Hey, visualize we've all played at whatever stadium or at whatever ballpark visualize getting in the in the uh in in the batter's box knowing who we're going to face take take your pitches and drive something up the middle think about that stuff like visualize that and they're like i'm telling you boys like it works and for me man like because i knew what stand like what area i was going to for hunting i would visualize like that night before of shooting a buck or shooting a deer and then being you know, in those surprise moments. Like I remember like in the, in the, over in the summer, like I would send up, set up my thing on and I would put, I had like a, a buck and I have a, like a wild hog target. And I, one, I, I'd put my buck a little bit closer my, like the wild hog out a little bit further. And I actually would just like kind of be hanging out. And then I'd be like, Oh, here comes a deer. Like I'd actually play out a scenario. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. Do you know what I mean? And just be like, you know, like how you said, like, boom, they're right on you. And you probably had like 15 seconds and like, boom. And in a minute, you're like, what the f just happened? Yeah. <laughs> yeah you're, you're watching, you're watching that thing run away and you're like, huh? Yeah. Like, what, what happened? Right. <laughs> you know, and that's, and it comes back to like this thing, like keep your phone. Yeah. You know, like those, that buck I shot, I was, you know, it was prime time. I put my phone away. I was locked in to like scanning the field, you know, going back to that rifle buck I shot this year. It's like more times I've, I've had distractions that have hindered me, you know, and it's like, it's impossible. I'm sorry. It's impossible to put this piece of crack down, Oh yeah. but it's like, you know, if you know that it's prime time, put it away, you know, Instagram will be there when you're done right. and get, get the job done. You know what right, I mean? Dude. And for our last break of the day, let's thank our partners over at Stokerize Stabilizers. And, uh, you know, I've been talking about this now for the last couple of weeks, and I've been noticing it the past couple uh, times I've been going out to shoot at a little bit at further distance uh, about my new micro diameter stabilizer. I'm running the 14 inch SS1, so it's the one single bar that has uh, uh, some weight up front, has weight in the rear. Uh, but what I've been playing with is is how many weights that I have on it for each side. And man, my distance shooting is getting a lot better, uh, feeling a lot more steady at, at, at full draw. So check out what Stoker Eyes has to offer. Again, personally, I've noticed the benefits in the, and especially with this specific one. Uh, so check out stokerized.com proudly made in the USA and uh, great people again, love that we have their support. So check them out over at stokerize.com. Right. Well, Hey, I want to know uh, a little bit about like what you're doing. Cause I saw you were doing some stuff with Turkey, uh, putting them the roost in them and all that type of stuff. Are you hunting that same, like that, uh, uh, the farm that you normally yep. get you whitetail hunt and everything? Yeah. So being, I've never had this much time to focus on turkeys <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and it suits me right because, uh, so if you were following along with my Instagram stories over the last seven days, seven, eight days, every morning, every night I was going over and I was roosting the birds and we're pretty like, it's pretty cool. Cause there's this group of hens and this one Tom every single night we're roosting in the same tree, which is, and you know, they a lot of times they'll not the same tree exactly, but the same group of trees that at, on this little swamp. And it's a, it's, an area where there's not a lot of trees so you can easily see them. Whereas in most situations you really can't, 
you know, like, you know, they, they're in this block of woods, but you can't see them from the road or from somewhere from a distance. So I'm sitting like five, 600 yards away and just glassing with my spotting scope and watching these birds every night and every morning. And I was getting like, I was fired up and like, people are messaging me like, yeah, things good as dead. Like you're freaking good. <laughs> and so fast forward, you know, that whole week I'm scouting these birds and Thursday night, our opening day was the first. So Thursday night I'm out there to roost and here come the hens. Uncle Tom's not with them. It's like, what the, it's like, where'd he go? Yeah. So opening morning, uh, we go out, we've got this freaking field surrounded. We got my, uh, we got Dallas and Brian, the other two guys I hunt there with, um, it's their, their parents farm. Um, we, we're, we're at this field surrounded. Like this bird's done. Like if he's in there and he flies out and comes down to this field, like he was every day, like he's Someone's as good as cooked. Him. He's yeah. roosted is roasted or yeah. whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I, uh, that bird's not there. He's gone. He didn't stay there that night. And so we end up, you know, we have some action with the hens in the morning and, and we do have a long beard that came out in the field. And, um, later that morning, uh, the neighbor, he's a young guy, uh, Nick Scott. I had him on our podcast a few weeks ago. Um, he, uh, he's got a couple different pieces of family property and he was hunting the piece of property bordering our farm in the morning. And he left and went home, dropped his girlfriend off and went to his other grandfather's property like a mile away. And he shoots a bird and he posts a picture of it. And I'm like, that's my, that's my freaking turkey. <laughs> I'm like, where did you shoot that? And he sends me his onyx. Like, here's the spot that I shot this turkey. It's like, as a crow flies, almost a mile. So that bird, all I can figure is that thir Thursday morning, I watched them fly off roost and they went a completely to a completely different cornfield. He must've just gone on a walkabout and went to a whole nother area looking for a different group of hens and roosted and ended up getting roasted by someone else at rat bastard. And, uh, <laughs> so I, and I'm confident it's the same bird. Cause he had like this unique, like one of his, his tail feathers was whether he had been attacked or shot or who knows what, but one of his tail feathers, like two inches shorter. Right. And, uh, so I knew it was him. I'm like, son of a bitch. And like, that explains it. So over, I, I hunted, uh, the first three days of season and, there's gobblers on the farm, but they're just, I mean, for the overall, they're just dead silent. They're not talking. Um, they're, they're hand up. N number one seems why they're not talking. Number two, I think there's just, there's a ton of hunting pressure right now. Yeah. And there's also like you talked about coyotes in the beginning of this conversation in two of those mornings that I was scouting, I watched the birds fly down at 6am and then had, them fly back up into the same trees and, and have a coyote come through wow. and they would stay up in the tree until seven. Both times I stayed up till seven o'clock and, uh, this coyote's freaking huge, man. It's, it's big and it's, it's like, I don't know if they call it calico or what, but it's like black yeah. and black and tan. Like this thing's freaky looking. And I got some trail cam pictures of them. Like it's, it's crazy. But I had a, I had a big bird yesterday that, that was out in the field with four hens and, he didn't, he gobbled one time in two hours and just strutting around like out in the middle of a field. It was like nothing you can do about that unless you're got one of those gobbler decoys. You can go out and try to reap them or something, yeah, but yeah. I haven't gotten into all that.
Yeah, we had a what we had a fun, a fun Saturday for like me, Dimitri, and his dad. And uh, like I was saying to you earlier, I just kind of grabbed the camera and I was just filming. And r- like right off the bat, we had uh, action, and uh, we 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 got set up, and the, the bird was still roosted. And he flew down, and he he called back, like he gobbled once, and then I think it was like maybe a couple minutes go by. Dimitri did a call and. Uh, he called back and he was definitely coming. Like you could tell he was a lot closer. And then I would say about 200, maybe 300 <laughs> yards down, uh, the ridge, like just like, like way down from where we were, we heard another gobble, like kind of like once, like once they were coming off the roost and ours got like, as soon as we heard him gobble really, really close, we're like, okay, here we go. I'm going to try to find them. And next thing you know, all you hear is bang. Bang. Oh, no. But it wasn't, it wasn't that bird. It was the bird way down. We just like Dimitri looked back and he's like, that could screw us. I'm like, yep, let's see. And then like, we like way left, we heard like a shock gobble. Uh, and then mm-hmm. ours gobbled maybe. Yeah. Yeah, you were working. yeah. We were working. He gobbled maybe like four minutes later and it was definitely way further back. Like, like he was like, just took, went the whole different direction. So we we're like, shoot. All right, let's go kind of maybe chase that other bird on the other direction. And like 10 miles later, <laughs> we got set up on a miles later, we got set up and we were walking through and we do a call. And next thing you know, it, uh, we get, we hear a hen call back. Well, you know, a hen being another caller, we had this like triangle going. <laughs> you had a love, love triangle. Yeah. We had a, yeah, we had a lo- love triangle going. So we were cracking up and, uh, he goes, he looked at me, he goes, I'll mess with them here. And he grabbed like his gobble, uh, yeah. one that he, that he had, and he just like, let that go. And then we just, how, got, does, he, how does he do that? Gobble <laughs> yeah, the yes. gobble one. And, uh, the shake weight, huh? The shake it's weight. It's all in the wrist. Yep. And, uh, so we ended up going back and like our last spot, like on Friday, we tried to roost some birds and it was like, kind of like right where we were going. It was like our last hurrah there at the end. And uh, we did a call, and next thing you know, we just like boom, one just hammered. We're like, okay, let's get set up. So we set up, and we had like two Jakes come by like 25 yards, and like wait, it was about 80 yards in front of us. I just, I'm like looking, I'm like, is that a fan or is that a stump? And the next thing you know, it I saw the fan just go whoop, close up. Dimitri was maybe like eight yards away. Did you see the strutter? I'm going like, you see the strutter? And he's like, he 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 shook his head, yeah. And I'm, okay, so then next thing you know, like was staying there. He wasn't, you know what I mean? He yeah, wasn't he was coming. Hung up. He was hung up, so we just, uh, he started kind of working, going down, and we cut him off. We thought we cut him, we were going to cut him off, and uh, got set up, and next thing you know, it was like 11.55 and nothing. So, yeah, yeah man, so it was, I mean, it was eventful, it was fun. I, I really enjoyed it. I like actually just, like, being the camera guy. Like, it was actually kind of cool, um, mm-hmm. you know, just to kind of, like, I didn't have to worry about anything else other than let's get footage. So, that was kind of cool. And then, like I said, this morning I got up and went out and nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Now that I'm, I'm spending more time out there trying to figure it out. Like it's, I will, like, I've heard a lot of people compare turkey hunting to elk hunting. And I'm going to say that obviously, you know, people are like, Oh, it's not the same. It's like, well, yeah, obviously. Cause there's like thousands of pounds difference in what you're talking about. But <laughs> you know, the way that like, if they're talking, like you can, it's exciting. But when they're not talking, like, good luck. Like, it's like you'd think about this year, like when we were out there for elk, it's like you're 
you're like, they're here. I just watched them walk into this patch of trees and they're not here. It's like, where did this 800 to a thousand pound animal just and like a group of them just disappear to. And it's the same way with turkeys. Like I listened to you gobble 10 minutes ago in the corner of this 30 acre piece of woods and you're gone. It's like, yeah. where the hell did you go? Right. You know, it's, it's, it's just amazing how, you know, and, and they can hear you or see you or and turkeys can't smell you, but it's like they have, they are so switched on to predation that it's like any instance that they think you're, you're there, like they're out of there. Right. So it's, it's frustrating. Yeah. Well, I was actually watching the latest, uh, the hunting public video of, uh, Aaron and, and Greg, when they were successful out in Indiana, the part where Aaron called and they got set up like then up on a little hill. Did you see that? The, like one of the latest episodes? I didn't watch the one that they posted today. I watched the other two, two days ago. So yeah. I think I saw yeah, their first day in Indiana. Yeah, that's that, that one. Yeah. I mean, that was crazy. Like how that, that Tom just came to that exact spot he legit was at the tree that i called on he's like i don't know what it is they just could pinpoint oh yeah and i think too that's like what's frustrating as a hunter because you're like dude come on <laughs> like you know you, yeah. you hear it come, come on, on over here yeah come yeah. on over here and he's like i'm, I'm right here yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, well and that's and that's like the biggest that's what i'm learning like being that i'm very green in turkey hunting like we did a we did a, a, a podcast we've done these live events you talked about and we did a our most recent one was on Turkey and I had like four or five, you know, good Turkey hunters on good, successful Turkey hunters. And like the overwhelming message from all of them is like, don't call, like yeah. don't call unless you need to call. And when you do call, don't call too much Yeah, because, and that's exactly what I always have done as I've like, Oh, he's gobbling. I'm just going to keep hammering on my yeah. diaphragm call or whatever. Like it's fun to get him to respond. So you want to keep calling, but it's like, it's not, that's not the way to get him killed. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, you might be able to get that one bird who's that fired up and that stupid and doesn't have hens and he might come running at you, but that's not, that's yeah, not normal. That's you know, you, yeah. Well, that's, what's kind of funny is because we had, uh, Andrew Mills on from like honey hole game calls. Who's like an actual, he's mm -hmm. local here. He makes game calls and, um, he's big time Turkey hunter. And, uh, it was funny cause he messaged me today. He's a state cop and he goes, uh, and he looked today and I go, nah, man, they're dead silent. I'm like, I did, I had to leave early too. And he's like, okay. He's like, yeah, pretty quiet for me too. And then he sent me the picture of the, of the big, nice gobbler he got. He's like, but he goes, it was, it was late until this one, uh, responded back. And then he, he met his doom. I'm like, oh man, good for you, man. But then I'm like, I guess that's just the name of the game. You just got to yeah. stay persistent with them. And, and yeah. it's the same thing. It's learning how to kill them. Like, yeah. you know, I, I'm out there like you and I were texting on Saturday and it like Saturday and Sunday were like two of the first couple of days I've hunted turkeys in a long time, like solely by myself. And I'm like, I don't know if I'm in a good spot like yeah. where I'm setting up, this could be completely wrong. And if I was with Brian, like Brian's a freaking Turkey killer. It's like, he's like, all right, we need to stand at this tree. And all of a sudden they're like, oh! and it's like, Oh, okay. They're right here. And you yeah. sit down and they come running at you. It's like, oh, okay, Brian, you know what you're doing. Yeah. So it's just, it's such a matter of just like, you know, figuring it out. And right. Yeah, no, Cause it's what, what's funny is Andrew said the same thing. He's like, dude, like call less, you know, you only call blah, 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 blah. And kind of go in that method. And that's where like, even today I try to not, I was just, I called a couple times in the morning just to see if I could get any response. And then after like, I didn't get anything. I'm like, okay, let me just kind of just sit here and hang out for a little bit and just like, enjoy the being out here. Uh, but then I, I think it was the one Mark, uh, 
Mark had on, Mark Henning had on the podcast, and I forget who, what guest it was, because he was doing like special things uh, for turkey season. And the guy was like, I'm aggressive. Like I'm calling nonstop. I'm like, wow, that's kind of total opposite. Now, I don't know where, what kind of, which birds he's, maybe he's not doing Eastern and all that type of stuff. But, uh, but yeah, it was like, it's just funny to hear how certain people are more aggressive and some are more relaxed. And I mean, I could definitely see heck just from on our, what I saw on Saturday, I'm like, okay, calling more would not be the right thing to do, you know? Yeah. So it's interesting, man. I love it. Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're out there and the turkeys aren't talking and you're just hammering throughout the woods, like that's not normal. You know, yeah. it's like if you're out somewhere in the Midwest or whatever, where there's hundreds and hundreds of turkeys and they're just talking all day long, like sure. Talk it up. But it's like, you know, it's been dead silent out there. So I don't, I personally don't think running around hammering on your calls is doing you any favors. Right. Cause well, I think, and it even goes back to whitetail too. I mean, during a certain time, you're not just rah, 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 throwing on that gr- <laughs> you know, the growl and just r- racking them horns. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love I love seeing the video memes of like when they're like, you know, this are, are you this type of hunter that's just like hammering them? Just <laughs> October first, and you're just <laughs> pounding on the horns. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. <laughs> awesome, dude. Well, can you uh, can you talk a little bit about the the whitetail 101 that you're doing with the the hashtag hunt, hunting buddy and you know give us a little information on what that's all about yeah um so john legansky uh him and i we connected through i heard him on a podcast he did with some guys out of uh, i believe it's louisiana um the uh oh shit put me on the spot trying to think of the name of the podcast tomorrow's hunter okay sorry uh so tomorrow's hunter podcast I, I stumbled across those guys. I heard John on there and he was talking about this program he created called whitetail one-on-one. And, um, we've all heard of elk one-on-one, uh, Corey Jacobson's program for elk. And, you know, like you, I started listening to this and thinking about it. I'm like, yeah, I've never heard of anything like this for whitetails. So, you know, I started looking into, into John and started messaging with him and I had him on our podcast and he's, it's impossible not to like the guy. He's just like us. He's young. Um, very, you know, he's generate created this program from scratch, always with his own money and invested his time and, and stuff into it. And he's created a pretty awesome, you know, soup to nuts, uh, program to teach you the, the basics of hunting whitetails. And, uh, you know, so taking somebody that, you know, like yourself, Mike, that's new to hunting that may not have the years and years of background and help kind of erase some of that time that you need to spend, learning some of that stuff so you can hit the ground running and, uh, and get out there. So John, uh, I haven't talked to him a little while about what he's doing and how the program's going as far as the hunting buddy. Um, but he's trying to help build, uh, awareness of his program and, uh, and using hashtag hunting buddy is trying to encourage everyone to get someone new into hunting and, uh, to get them out there. And I think he was going to run some kind of promo. Um, whereas if he gets every person that he gets, signed up for his, uh, online training program. Um, once it gets to 10 people, uh, some kind of a referral program where that 10th person will get the program for free and it's, it's very affordable. Um, it's not, you know, it's not like it's going to break your bank. And if you're somebody listening to this and you want to get into whitetail hunting or you just want to sharpen your skills and, 
and get better at it so you can have that success. I mean, there's no better time than right now when there's not a whole lot going on to, uh, you know, jump in and buy that program and you can work through it as you please uh, to get yourself up to up to speed when deer season hits here in the fall. So, well, that, that's what, awesome. Yeah, that's, that's really awesome. What's also great about a program like that is even if you like you were saying, Bill, is if you're brand new or whether you're just trying to get even a little bit better is, you know, as a teacher, you know, I look at other colleagues of like, OK, what could I beg, borrow and steal off of them to get better as as a as, as a teacher now? Or if you're trying to teach someone as well you know what i mean like if you're trying to like if i have a student where it's like okay i'm i know what i'm talking about when it comes to or or doing things for certain aspects of whitetail but how could i kind of gurgitate it to them this could be another program where again you're just enhancing your knowledge so um i'm definitely i'm definitely going to look that up and maybe i could even get him on here just to you know keep keep putting out that message yeah, you should. He, he's a great guy and he's, he lives out and he just moved out to Colorado and, and, uh, I know I was messaging with him last week and, you know, he was excited because in New York, uh, it just at least during this time with the whole quarantine and everything, um, New York state has put it online so you can take your hunter's ed course hundred percent right. online. We weren't able to do that in New York prior. And, uh, John was excited to hear that. And I uh, wanted to try to get in touch with New York state DEC and see if he could help get involved with that, to you know, help have some of that online training for whitetail. So it's good stuff. And I think, you know, that, you know, it goes back to us too, like us at Pertinier Outdoors. If there's people, I've had guys reach out to me that they've got questions about stuff, whether it be gear related or they want to plan a trip out West, um, like Jim D'Agostino, you know, he, he hit me up the night. It was like eight o'clock at night when Colorado's um, deadline was to put in for points. And Jim's like, I'm trying to figure out like these cunt codes and stuff. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, Jim, like it's eight o'clock at night. You're trying to figure this out right now. Yeah. But it's like, that's the stuff. Like I wish we would have done a podcast talking about it. Cause to me, it's so simple. I've been doing it for six years now, but it, to people that are just looking at it. And I take myself back to when I first started looking at going on these out of state hunts, like it's overwhelming. You're trying to figure out point systems and there's, there's 1500, whatever hunt codes. And how do you look at the statistics to know whether you can draw this tag this year or not? And I know there's like, there's, you know, there's uh, go hunt and things like that, but sometimes you just want to talk to right. a guy that, you know, right. and say, Hey, help me understand exactly how to, how to do this, how to do this. Yeah. yeah. And that's so. where our Mike, my, our buddy, Tim, who we'll be going out West with, I mean, that's where like, he came in the one weekend, Dimitri and I, like the three of us just sat out, like he brought some elk meat. I cooked it up on the Traeger. The three of us just like hung out all day, talked, we ate, we planned. And we're like, like we sat down, we're like, okay, here's our pros for Idaho. Here's our pros for, you know, Utah and this. And then we're like, here's the cons. And we just, boom, we settled on Utah and we've looked at certain areas and like, you know, he really broke it down and like he uses go hunt, but he's like, this isn't what I solely base it off of. He's like, this is just a tool. You know what I mean? He's like, yeah, look at yeah. their, their game, like their gaming website, like look at all their, that information they put out there and like study it. And like, he does his homework and you know, like even for me, I'm like, okay, I know it's going to take four years to maybe draw an Iowa tag, you know, and I was listening to, uh, Aaron Blisey on the fall podcast, who was on our podcast, like a while ago. Um, you know, he and Justin were on there talking and they both said like, Justin's like, well, Hey, if you don't know, like Wisconsin, your first time non-resident tag is only 85 bucks. 
He, so I'm like, okay, well maybe in like three years when I go to, I like I, I message our, one of my other buddies through Cobra archery and I'm like, his name's Matt. I'm like, Matt, what do you got for me, man? Like for Iowa, like where, where should I put in for a point? Cause I'm like, maybe in three, four years, if I could draw that tag, like I want to go there and he's, and I know he hunts, like he lives in Iowa, but he also hunts in Wisconsin. He's like, well, when you come, you're going to hunt in Wisconsin too. And I'm like, all right, well, I'll, I'll pay that big tag price for Iowa, but then like shoot for wisconsin for 85 bucks i'm hopefully within that four years they'll still have that but like yeah, right you know what i mean but so I'm, it, does it go up after your first yeah, time yeah then really? then it goes yep yeah so like your <laughs> first year non-resident and it doesn't matter whether you're archery or gun it's 85 bucks nice so i'm gonna Can't try to that, yeah. right so i'm gonna try to do that or what i might do is like you know maybe since i know i could maybe the because i think it's like th it's either three years or four years for certain areas for points for for iowa and if i can maybe mm -hmm. time it right maybe the year before i'll i'll do wisconsin so i could go out to iowa maybe scout around a little bit but um yeah. i don't know yet. i haven't like kind of i mean that's years from now yeah did did uh little plug a shameless plug for our podcast this this week's episode actually just posted today was with uh, a couple of guys that are in our hunting group that went to iowa this past fall and had some good success out there so we had a fun chat with them awesome. learning about their journey there but have, did you have you put in yet for iowa no because um, i'll be doing it this week so yeah because i think yeah, the deadline today yeah, yeah the deadline's like what the end of this month i think or I think it was, yeah, I think it is sometime end of May yeah. or beginning of June. June. Yeah, it's one of the two. Yeah, I've just jumped in for my, I just put my toes in the water. So yeah. I was like, I got to do it, you know, yeah. and I've, I've been doing the elk for PA for a few years now. And I do moose, the moose draw for Maine, you know, just like throwing, throwing it out there, trying to see if you can get lucky and draw yeah. one of those tags. Dude, but, it's, I mean, like you said, for some of them, it, it like for me, I'll man, I don't know if I'll ever pull a PA tag for, for an elk. I mean, I would, but I'm going to do it if every you do, year. It's the best opportunity you're ever going to have to kill right. an elk. Like, right. Yeah. It's like hundred percent odds. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's amazing. I mean, did you see the, the bull that the dude got with the first archery buck this past year? No, look it up. But I, I mean, mean, they're, they're shooting world-class oh, elk. My gosh, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, we, I mean, I live 40 minutes from it. So, I mean, like we will go drive up there and see them and it's just a, it's an awesome experience. But like the, cause this past year was the first year that they had archery only, um, for a couple of days in September, like right rut time and all that for them. And next to, you know, it, like the guy that shot the first archery bull, I mean, this thing is just like, <laughs> I mean, he looks like a little midget standing next to it. I mean, most yeah. of the time you do, but I mean, like this guy was a big dude, like, like just a tall guy. And he just, I mean, that thing was just impressive. I mean, just, yeah, the I herd know. is it's, you know, it's just super healthy. I yeah. mean, the genetics are fantastic and yeah, it's yeah. cool. Do, do they get a lot of pressure in PA? No, I can't imagine no, that. no. I mean, they're, they're, like, they're pulling like handfuls of tags. All yeah. It's like 20, 20, 30 tags. I don't know exactly yeah. what it is, but yeah. Yeah, it's it's extremely healthy. What's actually really cool, my buddy Justin, who did my mount on my buck this past year, um, he gets out. I mean, he gets after it, um, just scouting and and fishing and all kinds of stuff. But he uh, he was, I think it was actually during rifle season, or it was right after, um, or if he was just trying to fill a doe tag or something, and he was up in that area, and boom, like he was just like chilling. Next thing you know, it's just like comes this big bull elk, just like. 20 yards away from him it was just Judas yeah, Priest. it was gnarly i'm like could you imagine like 
Like, just here we are in central Pennsylvania, and then boom, this yeah. big old elk just comes screaming at you. Yeah. <laughs> Screw turkeys, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So it's nuts. Awesome, Bill. Well, hey, man, I, let's wrap this up. I want, I want to, again, just appreciate everything that, you know, you've been doing, uh, you know, having us on and you coming on here. And uh, I love chatting with you. I love messaging with you. Uh, I can't, I'm really looking forward to the fall because I definitely want to do a little kind of swap hunt together, uh, yeah. get, figure something out. And uh, I know, like you said, once you get back to work, it's going to get crazy and everything like that. Same here, but I definitely, Jim's pumped about it. Jim's like, we're doing it. Like he's yeah, full Jim's blown. like, we're going to get us all together. And yep. We'll just have this big, huge thing. I'm like, yeah, man. I, yeah. Cool. Like, yeah. I'm down with it. Yep. So we're, you know, we got to do it for Jim. Uh, yeah. Do it for Jim. <laughs> do it for Jim. Hashtag. Hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, buddy. Hashtag. Yeah. <laughs> But no, well, uh, I definitely think that'd be such an awesome thing to do. And, and who knows what's going to happen with total archery challenge. I'll keep that, keep you in mind with that and, uh, keep it posted. But before we get off, man, where, where could people find you and, uh, look you up and all that type of stuff? Yeah. So, uh, we're on primarily Instagram I know most of our stuff that goes on Facebook is just, um, just posted there as well, but uh, it's pertinent outdoors on both Instagram and Facebook. Uh, we have our website that we just gotten fired up. We're going to have some apparel up on there soon. We got some hats currently on order. I'm excited to get those out. And, uh, my personal account is, uh, is bharv9130 on Instagram. So if you want to see pictures of my son and wife and, and soon to be daughter, that's where you'll find all that stuff. We, we keep most of that stuff off the, the pertinier, but every once in a while, Bill Dan makes a, makes an appearance in the story. So finds a big yeah, shed. Good stuff. We didn't even talk about your shed success this year, dude. Uh, see, I, I want to get back. I want to chat some more because yeah. I also want to talk about your Western hunt Yeah, and uh, we'll talk you know, share some of our experiences and what, you know, some of the good, bad and that we learned from our trips too. So I'd be For happy sure. to jump back on sometime. Hey, I'm man. inviting myself, by the way. That's yeah. What I'm doing. yeah, let's do it. I'm more than welcome, man. Anytime. Well, all right, everybody. Well, thank you for listening. Uh, uh, Bill's awesome. Make sure you go check out Pertner Outdoors. They're doing some awesome, amazing stuff right now uh, with the Turkey Challenge. I'm sure we'll, once the that season's done and, and uh, fired up, I'm sure you guys will be out fishing again and camping and doing some fun stuff with the family. And we'll get you going. So make sure you go follow them. Check them out. And until next time, antler up. Feeding them. <laughs> Feeding them. Well, that wraps up this latest episode of the Antler Up podcast. And again, I really want to thank Bill for coming on. Uh, good luck to him and his family as they uh, welcome the new uh, little girl to their family coming up these this hopefully this week for him. And again, check them out over at pertinereoutdoors.com. Check out their podcast, what they got going on on Instagram. They're pretty active with that, especially to, uh, like Bill mentioned in the podcast about from there on Facebook. Uh, great fun people. Uh, really looking forward to getting a, a chance to hunt with them in the fall. Uh, and again, everyone, thank you so much for your support. Thank you for liking. Thank you for subscribing, all that stuff. And if you haven't done so, please do so. We greatly appreciate it. Leave a feedback on this podcast. Uh, we It means a lot to us and it helps us out. So again, thank you for listening. Till next time, antler up.